Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. Our guest today is Jesse Klein-Fofana, the CEO and founder of LaRue, a New Jersey-based PR and affiliate marketing agency. Uh, Fofana and LaRue are trailblazing a new type of PR strategy that leverages both the power of earned media while maximizing performance-driven press opportunities. Fofana and LaRue have been featured in publications such as InStyle, WWD, Entrepreneur, Forbes, New York Magazine, and one of my personal favorites, The Morning Brew. Jessie believes that she's Beyonce's number one fan and has a disturbingly large sneaker collection, which we'll get into. So, uh, Jessie, is there anything I missed? I think that sums it up. That's those You hit all the important points about me. Sneakers, Beyonce, uh, PR and performance PR. That's I like dogs. We, we didn't add that. I have two daughters and a husband. They're in there, but... Okay, okay. You know, you can you don't have to rank them. You know, you could just. Uh, I think they're ranked well already. We started with Beyonce and sneakers. We're good. Okay, I you know I did uh, I loved dogs until yesterday when my very large dog decided he needed to break a window in my house. Oh my! What kind of dog is the large dog? We we don't know, and you know it's always that thing where people are like, well, I have a rescue, so I don't know what it is, but no. I think it's a great Swiss mountain dog, which I had no no idea existed. So it's like a sheep herder dog, and it crashed through my window yesterday. I'm like, oh, that's 250 bucks, right? But but we love him. Yeah, I, we we have one large dog that's um, a, a boxer, and I always say owning her is like owning the Tasmanian devil or like <laughs> a T Rex or something. And it sounds like you have a a similar situation. Yes. They should they should go on a doggy play date and uh, get oh, uh, get each other's energy out. So uh, over at Larue, you guys are doing uh, a lot of affiliate marketing, and can you explain how your unique kind of affiliate strategy you say can uh, increase a brand sales from like ten to fifteen percent? So how how do you get there? So yeah, for sure. I'm happy to talk about that. What, what, just as a little background. So for, we've been around for 17 years as an agency and for a large chunk of that time, our focus was traditional PR, full service PR agency, which, which we still are. But as we started to see the media landscape shift, um, certainly at, at, in the, in the commerce content space, we started to pivot um, and evolve into what we are now, which is a full-service PR and a full-service affiliate marketing agency. Oftentimes, brands retain separate separate powers, PR and affiliate, and try and have them work together. But we really felt like the skill set um, and the opportunities are optimized best when it's under one roof. Okay. So our approach and, and how we see, um, you know, increasing sales by any percentage is really by leaning into the best parts of PR and the best parts of affiliate marketing and then kind of having um, expertise in the place that they overlap, which is really at the sort of the top of the funnel with the premium publishers. So in general, the, the first thing that we do when we're when we bring on a client and we're really, you know, on a mission to kind of increase their sales 
is we find out what their goals are. So whether it's top line revenue, whether it's ROAS, whether it's clicks, whether it's AOV or new customer acquisition, um, we're really looking to ensure that we're working with the appropriate affiliate partners and PR partners to mm-hmm. kind of achieve those KPIs. Our strategy often starts with a brand awareness play. And for anyone that's in PR, that's largely what PR is about. It's about brand awareness. And so we will lean into that on the PR front and on the affiliate side with a focus on those premium publishers like the the, the wire cutters, the strategists, Forbes vetted, CNN underscored. Uh, but we also lean into it in a traditional earned media way where we're looking at thought leader, we're looking at brand storytelling, um, and we're trying to kind of start there to build awareness and then carry that same momentum all the way through the funnel of affiliate marketing. So what that means is we we start at the top and then we as we build brand awareness, we look to kind of onboard those loyalty sites um, like the Rakutens and Ebates. And we do it strategically. Uh, we do it based on the brand we're working with. And it's a real mix of sort of PR, affiliate marketing, and then this piece of performance PR, which is the, those top of funnel sites that I mentioned. Oh, could you uh, just walk, walk me through that with a, a specific client? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think with most of our clients, um, and I'm, I want to try and, you know, we work with Health Aid Kombucha, we work with a brand called Bando, and both of those were brands that we started with on the PR front. And so we spent, uh, and we don't always have this luxury, but but I think this is the best like case study to share is that with, with both of those brands, we've really started in a place where it was about building brand awareness. So it was, it lived much of our strategy at the starting point, really was most aligned with a lot of the parts of traditional PR, right? Mm-hmm. It was pitching founder and thought leader. It was pitching brand point of difference. For for health aid, it was pitching mocktails and uh, new year, new you and the new year. For Bando, it might have been around gift guide, right? And so we worked really hard to elevate um, name recognition, br- brand awareness, brand affinity through traditional PR. But what was happening and, and what's been happening for, for anyone who's working with D2C products um, is that media, you know, just because of the shifts in media over the past 30 years yeah. is continuing to iterate and to evolve. And so, you know, as their revenue streams have changed with advertising and they've moved to these, you know, commerce content models, we've seen the traditional parts of PR sort of merge with parts of affiliate. And so what was born out of that were the opportunities like Wirecutter and The Strategist. Um, and those are two of my personal, I, I shop from those a lot, so that's why I harken to them. But almost every outlet has has a, a, has a, their own version, right? right. And so what, what, what started as a PR pitch turned into this performance PR pitch because those placements really sit in affiliate marketing. And then as we saw success there... Um, and we engaged in those conversations with our contacts at those outlets, we realized that that the best strategy was to have a really a full funnel affiliate marketing strategy. And what that meant was not just focusing on performance PR alone, but looking at incrementality and looking to kind of build out a program that leaned into the the you know, the, the, the cash back and loyalty sites when appropriate and the coupon sites when appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so with Banjo and Health Day, that's exactly what we did. So 
those were brands we kind of were able to dip a toe in and gauge the, the, the return and then evolve from there. We have other brands that were launching their affiliate programs. And from Jump, it's we're kind of trying to do everything all at once and do it strategically, uh, which isn't always easy. Yeah. And then we have brands that have um, an existing affiliate program that they want us to optimize. And so it's really um, about auditing those programs and coming up with the right strategy, what we think will be the right strategy and the right, the right content mix. Uh, when you go in there to optimize the, these uh, affiliate platforms that people have set up, what's the one thing that people are usually missing? Is there a, a common theme that you see with that? Yeah, there's a few. I think, um, I think that there is a belief that quantity over quality in the affiliate landscape is the way to go. And that's not always true. It's, it's, there's a lot of low quality affiliate partners. And so you kind of need um, experts to help weed out the bad apples from the high value partners and build relationships with them. So it's being strategic. Um, I also think there is certainly with a lot of the brands that we work with that maybe are a little bit more luxury um, there is a fear of coupon sites and, um, mm. that is something we work against. So, so we're, we're not, you know, we're not, um, trying to shove coupon sites down people's throats, but, but managed, um, and with strategy, there's, there's opportunity to be had. So I think it's combating, um, I, I think it's really about education, right? Yeah. Cause we're getting a lot of brands that are newer to the landscape um, and it's it's really our job to educate them and to advocate for what we think will will work and and usually it it just takes a little time and building and success to kind of win them over right yeah so um, the other thing is is on the other side of the conversation we get people who come to us and they're like yay performance PR and they've had an experience with traditional PR and because traditional PR is hard to track and hard to, 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 to monetize, they couldn't gauge the value because it really yeah. is about this general brand awareness. And so they come to us and sort of devalue earned media mm -hmm. um, and want to lean into performance PR. But the truth is you need both of them. You need both earned media to build brand awareness awareness performance PR which does sort of a little bit of everything and affiliate marketing in the in the digital landscape we're we're, we're living in now certainly with a D2C brand so it goes both ways wow um, that's that's great uh, so what are the qualities of a good like third party affiliate partner you you mentioned wire cutter earlier uh, what what do you look for when you're aligning brands with them um, I mean, there has to be sort of brand synergy. You want to make sure that the publisher is covering the kind of content and product that you're pitching. Um, you want to make sure on the brand side, on any side, that there's strong site traffic, that there's um, there's worthwhile content that's updated regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, for a, a, a premium publisher to want to feature a brand or a product, they, they want to see that that it's compelling and it's interesting and it's it's attended to and that there's a following um, and, you know, from a technical point of view, updated content helps with, with rankings and, and, um, you know, it'll bring quality traffic. So it's really about, um, it's, it's really, it's, it's, you're checking the same boxes as a marketer or a, a PR person or an affiliate marketer. You're trying to check all the same boxes. You want 
there to be brand integrity, a strong identity. You want there to be product interest. Um, it's much easier on the affiliate front when there's traffic and awareness. And that's why yeah. we're always trying to use PR to sort of build brand awareness uh, when we get started. Uh, and you were talking about luxury brands earlier. Um, what what types of third-party um, kind of platforms do you think uh, do well with luxury brands or is a place where people are comfortable putting a luxury brand? Um, I mean, I do think that a lot of the luxury brands that come to us and that we work with, whether it's fashion, whether it's home decor, are focused on those premium publishers. But I will say, and, and uh, I had this conversation with, uh, Michael McNearney, who has um, like a top trade publication on affiliate marketing about um, how consumer spending has changed and how years ago, you know, you bought some clothing, you might buy some sneakers, you might buy your kids school supplies online. Now people are buying mattresses, they're buying air fryers, they're buying, <laughs> I mean, they're buying cars, it's, it's changed. And so um, I think this idea that you know, a high-end product or a high-ticket product um, doesn't have a place in affiliate marketing is absolutely is is being proven day in and day out that that's not not true. Right. Um, I think that brands like the, the brand experts, the brand builders, sometimes are are reticent because they don't want to see a six hundred dollar handbag, you know, on a coupon site. And I do think right. you have to be strategic and smart about that and maybe you're focused on the top of the funnel opportunities that are you know that that live on vogue or or um some of the sites that are are focused at focused on luxury brands right mm. um you might not plug them into a, a honey you know for mm. for obvious reasons so it's it's largely about being strategic oh got it got it um when you're pitching or executing performance PR campaigns with news organizations, uh, what's what's the approach with that? Because obviously, I, you know, a news organization is going to be sensitive in certain ways about that type of opportunity. So, what's your philosophy in uh, getting these things to happen? So, I think it's it's so interesting. We've had this conversation a lot. Um, you know, I think that what's happened is PR agencies like mine. We're sort of guerrilla style dabbling in performance PR and affiliate marketing because as things started to change with media and publishing, we had to. We would be pitching for what we thought was a gift guide or a product placement or a list and an editor would come back and say, well, are they with Impact? Are they with Share a Sale? Are they set up on an affiliate platform? And years ago, we, when we didn't know, we'd be like, well, we don't know. And then we'd go back and figure it out, right? But what we found is, you know, in and, you know, guerrilla style, we could figure some of that out, but we didn't have, we had the, the pitching and storytelling expertise to land the interest, but we didn't have sort of the, the technical expertise that comes with affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we as an agency are a little different, a little different. I sort of you know, I've been in PR for 23 years. I've seen things change over and over. And I felt like affiliate marketing was going to be the next sort of performance PR affiliate marketing is going to be the next iteration of media. And so when I saw things starting to shift, my response this time was I was always I was always receptive to change, but never doubled down on it. This time I was like, oh, yeah, we're doubling down. We're going to own this. And so we really invested in bringing on 
people with expertise in affiliate marketing, OGs that, that really knew what they were doing. And I'm still learning from them, from the people on our team all the time. But I think when you combine our legacy as a PR agency that's used to pitching and storytelling and, 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 um, and is, ha- has expertise in, in how to talk to media and editors and um, present information and content, and you pair that with people who have the same level of expertise on this sort of more technical aspects of affiliate marketing, it's a win. Yeah. What's happening with agencies that aren't kind of doing both things together is they're like killing it on one end and then uh, floundering a little bit on the other. They might not have the, the 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 stones for pitching and storytelling or they might not have the affiliate relationships in place. And so um, I think lots of agencies are going to move in this direction. I'm just hoping we have a, a head start. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. You're a step in, in front of everybody. Right. Yeah. One person that I, I'm not sure who she works with, but was very good at this. And because when I'm when I'm not doing this show, I, I work as a, a journalist. And it was uh, Kristen Bell, and she she very brilliant at coming up with a headline for an interview on a on an affiliate piece that would get people to want to share that or to go viral. You know, it'd be some tidbit of information that she'd have yeah. about her and Dak Shepard. And so everybody wants to go read the article and they look at the end, you know, there's a nice big link linking to whatever product or skin cream she was doing. But it was they were brilliant at, at her releasing personal information that the public was interested in. So it was like a, a totally seamless experience. Super and so... Smart, yeah. Yeah, so me and my editor, we'd always go, oh, wait, 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 Kristen Bell got us again here. But you know, we'd still go with the story because it, people were interested in it. But I was like, that's a really, possibly, you know, really great organic version of of this type of, of marketing, and you know. For sure. I mean, even as someone in the industry, I, uh, you know, I fall prey to it all the time. I, I mean, not only do I click on things when I'm looking, but when I'm going to buy something that I'm researching, it's always, you know, I'm always looking at the best of lists and I, and I know how it works, you know, but I still am like, it, it's, it's the, I, I guess it's, it's sort of merging the best of both worlds because you feel like it's how, how it's, you feel like with media and with press coverage, it's sort of an unbiased, um, you know, vote of confidence in a product, yeah. um, which it is because a, like a lot of, certainly the top of the funnel media outlets still have a lot of editorial integrity, right? They still are Definitely. vetting product. Um, so it's just a really smart, I, I think it's a smart pivot. And, and that's why I think that, that, that media is moving in that direction. Yeah. Uh, another question here. Let's say that you set up with, um, with a with a publisher and you want to do an end of year top you know xyz list uh for your clients what how how do you control the amount of people that are exposed to that article right because um you know someone could put something out i don't know say it's cnn and they they put out the top 10 list and they could dump it out you know onto facebook or you know push it out uh and it could potentially not get clicks. Do you put some kind of deal in place where there's a certain amount of impressions that have to come on there or? I mean, that is too, I, I don't, th- that would be, we'd need Darren or, or Callie on my affiliate team to answer that one. There's all kinds of um, tactics that they deploy. 
You know, I think, though, that there is still this feeling that visibility begets more visibility and we want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have tactics for having certain kinds of visib- certain kinds of things stand down and other things kind of rise to the top. So um, but, yeah, this is that's one of those things that I just my my um, my expertise is in the PR stuff. And so, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a beginner intermediate on the affiliate side. So I lean into my um, executive team to kind of direct me there. All right. Well, that's good. It's all it's all about delegation. That's great leadership, right? It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I hear, you know, you have this uh, sizable sneaker collection. And my my question is, because I once I used to write for a company that sold uh, kind of sneakers online. And, and so there's a certain mentality of the sneaker head. And there's a reason for the obsession. It's a somewhat common Obsession that people have. How do you explain that, the need to collect tons of shoes? I literally, I mean, I, I am someone that, that is, um, truly has OCD since I was little. So maybe it's, it's that. But um, I think for me, it started, I, I went to college in, at NYU and was really involved in music. And when I graduated, I worked at um, um, uh, a magazine called Vibe Magazine on the editorial okay. side. It was a lot of hip hop and streetwear. And so from then on, it was just, I was just tuned into it. And the people around me were tuned into it. Mm. And you started to realize the collectability and the artistry. Um, and at a, as a, y- a younger woman, I was much more, um, I don't know, it was, I was more of a, like a gatekeeper on cool stuff and like mm-hmm. wanted to have like the hottest kicks and, now, as I've gotten older, it's really pivoted. My love of sneakers and collecting um, has really pivoted to just like whatever I think I like and looks cool and designer collabs that I think are great. And like um, female sneaker, like Melody Ashani, who does these really great sneaker collabs and uh, designs. Like I just, um, yeah, I just have become obsessed. And it is it's a little bit unhealthy, uh, the <laughs> amount of sneakers I have. It's not, you know. But now I have two teenage daughters, and one of them has feet as big as mine, and she's in there. So it's like we're, I'm getting more bang for my buck. So. Oh, okay, good. Well, however you rationalize it, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's your bit. But I, I would have that fear if, like, my son was getting into my shoe closet and I had some, you know, uh, really nice uh, throwback Adidas, and I was like, "Wait, wait, where are you wearing those?" You I know, do have gotta... off limit. I do have some off limits. Like she, anything that was like a pretty penny, like she's because she's also kind of um, not the most organized. Like she's the kind of kid who'll leave her shoe at a sleepover. Like she's just that kid. So yeah. I do have like the don't touch section of of mom's sneaker collection for sure. And, and given the fact this is a somewhat recent phenomenon, maybe the last twenty. Five years, this has been a thing. I'd say uh, it'll be interesting when you know a lot of uh, Gen X dies, and <laughs> people end up finding these massive sneaker collections where it's like, you know, I didn't know my mom was like Imelda Marcos of you know sneakers or whatever. And people will find there'll be this weird generational thing where Gen Z is like, "What the hell do I do with all these reasons?" Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's happened year over year. I mean, you like, 
I know my mother, who thankfully is still around at different times, collected like weird ish. It would be like uh. doilies and lace or Madame Alexander dolls. And I would be like, why? Like, why do you have this? I mean, um, I definitely could be that, that, that passing human with the Imelda Marco size sneaker collection. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a hoarder about the things I'm into and, and sneakers. I have a thing about like tank tops that I like. I have to have a lot of them. I'm, I'm um, also a uniform dresser where I wear the same kind of stuff a lot. So oh. that could be it too. That, that goes with the OCD thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I have the worst thing and my, my wife absolutely hates this. And I have a VHS tape collection. And I can't throw out my VHS tapes, and I have a lot of them. And she's just like, "Why? Why the hell do you have these? I, I, I don't know. I don't, and I don't know why. It's just I'm weird about it." Honestly, I think that's kind of cool. And we, I, my siblings and I have collected. Nobody has a VCR, but we have VHS tapes of like the the copy of Flash Gordon we first watched that we taped oh, yeah. off the TV, like. These like um, sentimental nostalgia, you know, Christmas specials from when we were little. And like, they're the, kind of the best if you can put them on. Um, but at some point, yeah, there's going to be nothing left to play them on. It's hard to find a VCR these days. I have two, but you know, oh, wow. so, <laughs> I'll be the that. last guy. Uh, so I'd like to thank Jesse Klein Fofana for coming on the show today. It's been a delight. Uh, where can people follow you or, uh, you know, get behind your thought leadership or where, where do we direct? What's the uh, end game of the funnel here? Uh, LaruePR.com is our website. I'm on Instagram. We I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Jesse Fofana. LaRue has all of the above as well. Um, yeah, I'm around. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.